The clock on the mantel chimed six as Sully brought his pack from the living room, propped it against the refrigerator, and drew a long, rope-like object out of the opening. At first, I did think it was a rope, but then he pulled out the thick, silvery knot of Mrs. Harmon's chignon and laid it out in the calico placemat with a sort of reverence, and I realized what the rope-like thing was made of. There were all sorts of hair woven into it, red and brown and black and silver, curly and kinky and slippery straight. I never knew something could be so grotesque and so beautiful at the same time. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast, a safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book. Today is Monday, December 26th. Uh, welcome to episode number 65, where we will be discussing the adaptation, Bones and All. With me to talk about the adaptation is the meat-eating, vegan-hating, and fellow eater himself, Mr. Eric. Say hello to the people eat. Hello, everyone. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, happy boxing day happy boxing day that's right merry christmas if you celebrate merry uh hanukkah hanukkah uh hope you brought your appetite will because this episode's gonna be going down <clears throat> smooth as crushed up bone in a in your teeth <laughs> yes it will i'm excited for it um we purposefully did not eat anything this morning in case uh we talked about anything gruesome and threw it up on the episode or on air uh which would not be did you eat anything this morning I did. I had a cinnamon roll, some eggs and bacon. Oh, wow. So you did eat something. Yeah. I thought we were doing this on empty stomachs. No, I ate as many animal like products as I could. Gotcha. Just like eggs from chickens, uh, pork, pork bacon. Cinnamon rolls we made with extra meat. <laughs> Just why not? Any uh, human meat? No. I'm you a little, don't dabble? Yeah. You never know, though. Like some of these fancier restaurants, who can say? I think there's a I think there's a, a Neil Gaiman short story that I haven't read, but it's about like these uh kinds of like yuppie adventurous eaters who just look for like the most exclusive and rare meat mm-hmm. or eating experiences they can find. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it I think the like the the furthest they go is they eat like a phoenix kind of thing. But I don't a know what? if they eat, like a like a fe- like a mythical bird, a phoenix. Oh oh. Uh, they said a fetus, and I was like, oh god, Jesus, no. <laughs> that's gross. No. But I wonder, I do wonder if they eat like human meat, like. Human meat, I feel like, is not. People eat human meat currently, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's not like it's, it's weird and wrong. I weird. believe there are That's tribes. A disclaimer. Yeah, I believe there are tribes in, in Papua New Guinea that are still reported to be cannibals. Yeah, but it's like as far as like things you can eat go, like it's it's not that crazy to eat humans, right? Because it it, it happens. I mean, if that's your perspective, you know, you can't eat a mythical creature, but you could eat a human. I see what you're saying. Right. It's yeah. possible. It's possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. <laughs> With that said, <laughs> we're getting into some fast facts. So the book was written by Camille DeAngelis, uh, published in September 2015 by St. Martin's Press, has a Goodreads rating of 3.51. Uh, we should mention that this is a YA novel as well. Um, the movie made its debut at the Venice Film Festival in September 20, September 2nd, 2022, where it won the Silver Lion for Best Direction uh, for Luca uh, Guadagnino. I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, so released in theaters in the U.S. in November 18th, 2022, directed by Luca Guadagnino, uh, excuse me, and uh, he has directed the uh, popular films Call Me By Your Name and Su- Suspricia. 
I yeah. think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, screenplay by David is another tough one. Kaj Ganyich? Ganyich? Close enough. So, sorry. Totally butchered it. Uh, starring Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, Mike Rylance, Chloe Savigny, uh, Andre, Andre Holland, and Michael Stuhlbarg. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 82%, Metacritic 74 So, pretty good reviews for the movie, I should say. Yeah. Were you going to correct me? No, I'm just, there's a lot of uh, vowels and consonants in weird places in a lot of these names, like in this movie. So yeah, you did. I think you did a really good job. I can't. Pronounce I know I anything. didn't, but I appreciate you saying. I that. can't pronounce anything. So who am, right. to, who am I to judge? <laughs> um, before we move on, can you give us a quick recap? Yes, love blossoms between a young woman on the margins of society and a disenfranchised drifter as they embark on a three thousand mile long odyssey through the back roads of the United States of America. However, despite their best efforts, all roads do lead back to their terrifying past and a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their differences. Themes of desire, family trauma, and going bones deep feature prominently. Will, that is bones and all. Yes, it is. Um, thank you for that. Are you ready to play Two Truths, One Lie? Yeah, as long as this is more fun than the last time we played. It won't be. I was so. listening to that game. It was like, oh, oh geez um what was it what was i can't even remember first she said yeah that was a little depressing i could oh, i could use yeah. some like cannibal just like fun stuff you know yeah it's less depressing than that okay. i will say just more um yeah. so number one the film was entirely funded by italian companies production companies i should say um number two the cincinnati city council provided fifty thousand dollars for additional security after the film crew suffered break-ins to their cars and trailers um, and number three, this is the third and final film of the Luca Guadagnino Desire trilogy, including films such as I Am Love and Call Me By Your Name. Eric, what hmm. do you think? Hmm. So I I do know that this is Luca Guadagnino's first Hollywood movie. And I don't know. So I, I don't know how, how that works, like can Italian companies be involved? Yeah. Can you be entirely funded by Italian companies and have a Hollywood movie? I have no idea. Uh, but I, I think I've read that in some of the interviews I read. Number two, you know, when you make a movie with Timmy, you're going to have people try to break into his house and meet him, I suppose. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's Cincinnati city council has <laughs> got to pony up for extra security. Yeah. I know they shot this movie in Ohio. They like mm-hmm. didn't go that far West, even though it like looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy you know america how is beautiful Who america knew? america the beautiful yeah um and then luca guadagnino's desire trilogy i i knew call me by your name um and i don't know what any of his prior movies to that are so this could be a classic will where it's like it is the third and final film of this trilogy but the first movie listed here is is just not that not the right movie uh i'm smirking behind the camera yeah i'm gonna say that one is a lie i'm gonna say that this was n- not entirely funded by Italian companies. We got one other nation's production company to throw in a, one red cent. One nation state's yeah. Uh, production company. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that your final answer? Yes. You are incorrect. Okay. So you should have followed your intuition. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not the third and final installment of his Desire trilogy. Um, this one is actually not even included. Uh, the third oh. and final installment was Call Me By Your Name. So the first one was I'm Love with Tilda Swinton. And the second one is called A Bigger Splash with, um, uh, I think his name is Ralph Fiennes or Ray Fiennes, but also Tilda Swinton. And then the third one was Call Me By Your Name. So um, 
nice. or incorrect. But yeah. yeah, so it was entirely funded by Italian production companies, which I thought was interesting. Um, that it, Italians would touch a movie about cannibalism and not the Americans, because I feel like the U.S. has history of making um, cannibal movies with Hannibal and Sounds of the Lambs. Oh, hmm. um, but I've never heard of any. I could be wrong. Maybe the Italians love cannibal movies. I have no idea. Um, but just thought that was interesting. And then, yeah, the city council did provide $50,000 in extra security, which seems like a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but it could have been over a long period of time. Maybe you they know, hired one salaries. more person. They hired one person for 50 <laughs> care. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be tough. But yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you have big stars like Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell, especially Timothy, you're going to have a lot of, you know, teenage girls looking to steal his garments and yeah other things yeah so you sure it wasn't for mark rylance just like it could have been the pop the pops were after him <laughs> it's possible mark i mean i, I uh, ohio must have been a lot of the like early rust belt town looking places and whatnot i know they filmed part of this movie in maryland also yeah it looked like it was like eastern shore or something yeah i thought yeah uh, could be wrong but um yeah east coast movie, movie. yeah but right, east coast and midwest um so you're incorrect, uh, but that's okay. Better look next time. But you have another chance here for over under. Hit me. The number is 2.5. The subject is number of times Michael Stuhlbarg and Luca Guadagnino have worked together. Do you know who Michael Stuhlbarg is, Eric? Yeah, I do. He is uh, in this movie. For those who don't know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please explain. He uh, He's an actor. He is in such films as Men in Black 3, I believe. And he is in Call Me By Your Name as... Uh, Timmy's father. Mm-hmm. He's in this movie, which makes two movies that he's in with Luca Guadagnino, and um, I think he's in the Coen Brothers, a single man, a serious a, man, a serious man. Mm-hmm. He's the lead in that. Yeah, uh, he's a character actor like all over the place. Yeah, he's also in Arrival, for shout out. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. So that's a former episode. I think that might be a lost episode. You should check it out. But uh, that's here. Yeah. So two and a half. So I, I know two, um, but Luca Guadagnino's like in his 50s and he clearly has made a bunch of movies with you know american actors that i didn't know about so mm-hmm. could it be three it, it could be <laughs> that's I'm, for so, you to answer and me to tell you <laughs> uh i'm gonna actually you know what because i only know two i'm just gonna stick with what i know and say it's under two and a half fuck you're right there you go you're correct all right one for one <laughs> one, in, one in one today well done all right you uh, you have a lot of critical thinking skills that are pretty good I like the way you like think and talk through it. I'm I'm trying to be the listener here and like what do they want to know? They want to know the inside of my brain. They want to know why. <laughs> That's why they tune in. Yeah. I think what so. is Eric thinking today? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get two and a half? Well, like, well, you know, I, don't know. I don't know the names of any of other Luca Guadagnino movies. Like I Am Love is an, is a new one mm-hmm. for me. So um, you're not a big Tilda Swinton fan. Not re- I don't I have not seen a lot of her movies. I know she's like kind of like an indie indie like all star. Yeah. A Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into the studio stuff. Well, <laughs> more macro movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Listen to an ad from who is it by again? Who's who's the sponsor this episode? Uh, it's a trade association called Humans for Eating Other Humans. Take a listen. We'll be right back. This episode of the Little Lens Podcast is brought to you by Humans for Eating Other Humans. Ask yourself this question. How different is your skin from the skin of a chicken, your bone from the bone of a cow, your muscle compared to a pig's? The majority of the world's population eats meat every day, 
and yet despite severe resource restraints and overpopulation, most of us don't eat the most populous source of protein, human meat. Humans are eating other humans is looking to change that by normalizing cannibalism, one YA romance at a time. Humans are eating other humans. The future is you. And welcome back. Thank you from that brief word from humans eating other humans, the trade association. The future uh, is you. The future is you. We, uh, we appreciate their support. Um, they've been big supporters of the pod for a long time now. And, you know, it's just right. It felt right. The right moment to release uh, our sponsorship. You know, I didn't tell you this. They actually sent me a box um, for <laughs> Christmas. I haven't opened it yet. What do you think is in it? <clears throat> Probably like candles. <laughs> <laughs> Flesh-scented candles. We'll do an <laughs> unboxing here live on the podcast. We'll do it together. Be good. Anyway, my bad. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to talk about the book here um, written by Camille DeAngelis. Like we said, YA, about I think it's about 300 pages or so. Um, not super long, not super short, um, but right in the middle. And um, we are going to get into our favorite segment here called Pitch Me Daddy. So Eric, I am the studio executive. You are the pitcher, as always, as you always are. <laughs> Sorry, that's rude. <laughs> uh, pitch me. What if I told you the best fire starter was the crumpled up pages of a poorly written and executed novel? You'd ask me, well, what novel? And today I have such a novel. It's called Bones and All. And I know you're thinking, and no, neither of those first letters are capitalized. And the word and is just an ampersand. Mm -hmm, Are you still with me? Good. Because you are going to love this plot. It's a cannibal romance, but turn the cannibalism up and the romance down. And also don't let any of the characters actually interrogate what it means to eat other humans. Mm. Instead, here's the thing. It's a road trip movie. Oh, yeah. But they're not being chased by the cops who have better things to do than investigate several dozen missing person cases. Of course. But another cannibal who, and you'll want to sit down for this, Mm -hmm. wants to eat them. And he's also the main character's grandfather. I see you shaking your head, so let me drop the bomb here, okay? The big mic drop. Mm-hmm. The author is vegan. I'm confused. And she wrote a book about cannibalism. Do you do you get it? No. Do you understand? <laughs> do not. Do you get how daring that is, how powerful, how important? What's that? Does she actually interrogate what it means to eat flesh in the novel? No, she doesn't. Um, but I would ask you a question in return. Does she need to? Or is it all just better left unsaid? I think you know the answer. <laughs> how much money would you like? <laughs> Uh, I think the budget on this movie is actually six, like, 16 to 20 million. So I think that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a good place to start. Okay. I'm going to give you 50 and I'm going to need an extra 50 K for uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <Jimmy> drama <laughs> in Cincinnati. I don't know if you've been to Cincinnati. Well, <coughs> so, yeah. I've actually never been to Cincinnati. I've never been. Yeah. I hear it's kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of in on like the, um, midsize American city where it's not like so big that it's overwhelming, but mm. it's like big enough that there's like things that you'd want to, eat and drink and do um that could last you like a weekend yeah and not like feel super small and overwhelmed by like new york or la or something yeah i'm, I'm in on that there so like go. so like what city cincinnati cincinnati like a kansas city maybe Ooh, interesting um like st louis maybe is st louis big probably similar yeah probably okay. similar that's two missouri cities we can't have two yeah, missouri we can't, that's true can't like one. um what else would be another example of that Houston's huge, right? Yeah, Houston's like top five. What about like San Antonio or something? That's a good. Uh, yeah, that's probably still big. I think all, I think a lot of the Texas cities are huge. Mm-hmm. Listeners, write in with your suge- <laughs> like a like a Fargo, maybe that would be tiny, right? 
Yeah. Unless there was a boom after the movie or the TV show. Yeah, maybe like a St. Paul, Minnesota, like the, oh, the yeah. lesser of the Twin Cities, the, the smaller of the Twin Cities. Interesting. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Probably like a, a flyover in like Midwest mm-hmm. is where you get some of those states. Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for this? Like, Is there a reason you like this? You're like gearing towards this now? I'm just thinking it through live on the podcast. <laughs> It's a new just thought. like a little bit, you know, some stuff to do, not too much, not too expensive. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need to spend $18 for a cocktail. And I, plus they're, you know, great American cities. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway, what's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> so why adapt something like this into cinematic form? So this, I mean, honestly, this, this book more than any book we've ever done on this podcast very much confuses me. Like I don't see it at all. Mm-hmm. I, I see the like tagline which is cannibal romance yeah and that's all i can see mm-hmm. i i i don't like find this book interesting other than that mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. i thought this book was we're not YA people so we can you know couch what we're about to say with that and so maybe this book is just not meant for us but mm-hmm. like i did not find a lot of what was inside this book interesting or mm-hmm. like well done or new or fresh or anything like we'll get to some of the specifics and there's a one coolish kind of like eerie thing the hair rope um but like other than that like for a book that's about cannibalism and romance i i didn't get like i just didn't get I didn't get a good mix of either and mm-hmm. I I didn't care about any single person that was in this book. Right. Not a not a lick. Yeah. Yeah, it's um I would I would agree with that and I would also say that um there where while there are interesting scenes and interesting parts of the book it doesn't dive too deep into what it means to be a cannibal um in society in today's society essentially um and it, I found it interesting though like how you would deal with that situation um if you were a cannibal and you didn't want to be a cannibal and that's just like what your nature was i found that to be an interesting story of like how do you deal with that in today's society how do you hide it from people how do you survive while also feeding this urge um but like you said it's a little simplistic and maybe that's just because it's a ya novel like ya novels tend to maybe not dive too deep into these things i don't know you think so? I mean, a YA novel could be there's like ama- there's amazing YA novels, yeah. right? That are super mm-hmm. rich and full of backstory and mm-hmm. world building and all that. Mm-hmm. This book just does not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I find it unique in the sense of like it's a unique story, right? You don't get too many cannibal novels, right? You don't get too many stories like this. But you're right; it doesn't it dive deep into stuff like that. Um, I, I almost think this book just exists or the story here exists like in a vacuum within like a universe that the author thinks is interesting, but mm. in a, in a sense that she just says like cannibals and they're going to have some romantic thoughts about each other. And, you know, there's other characters who like want to mm-hmm. have a relationship with the, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, also I can't like separate the extra textual stuff, which is like, I'm a vegan and I wrote this book. It's on her author bio on the back cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first thing in the like the acknowledgments is when people who know I'm a vegan here, I've written a novel about cannibals. They think it's bizarre, hilarious or both. So the like her framing of this book is so much about like being a vegan, uh, being a vegan, being a vegan author and writing about 
cannibalism. But there's nothing in this book that would lead you to believe that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Right. Zero. Yeah. Not a single sentence. Yeah. Not a single word. Not a single letter. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised when I read that. Because um, I just thought, oh, this is a cannibal story, love story, whatever. And then I read that and then I thought, oh, interesting. Like, there must have been some take that I missed about the story that were like should diverge you from eating meat essentially. Um, but thinking more about it, there isn't really that, uh, moral of the story. Like we shouldn't eat meat. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. Um, and then I was like, well, okay. So why even, why do we need to mention that, that you're vegan or this is what you believe? I don't know. And maybe we're missing it. Maybe there's something that we're just missing. In this regard, I think the, we'll get into this later, but the movie does a little bit of a better job around this um, yeah. in one scene, but um, it's not really dived into in the book. It's just sort of like, these are the characters, this is what they do, these are the consequences that they deal with, and it's sort of like a happy ending. Yeah. And you kind of like Marin. I, I don't know, I, I liked Marin's character. I liked Lee. Um, so because of that, I feel, I feel like I shouldn't like them, right? If I were to think about my... Uh, cannibalistic tendencies, right? If I, my meat oh. eating tendencies, um, after reading this book and question that, I, I should have more of a um, a distaste for these characters, yeah. right? I should have something that says you should not be like this for these reasons, blah blah blah. But it wasn't. I didn't get that sense. Yeah, and part of it is like we all know that eating human flesh is bad. Do we? Do we know that? listener a lot of our listeners know that eating human flesh is bad um but so when that's like you're you're like the metaphor you're hanging whatever moral you think you're sharing on it's not going to work because it's like you're like oh okay yeah we we get it like it's we know it's bad you can't like tell us more than than that it's not like I don't know. It's, not, it's just not interesting I, yeah. to me. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. Like, did you find it surprising that they made a movie from this? Yeah. No. Why? I mean, what about this book? We can go into the next question here, which is like, what, what were you excited to see adapted? Cause yeah. I think that's a legitimate question. Like mm-hmm. what did you read in this book? You, did you think like, wow, I can't believe, I can't wait till that's on the silver screen. I need to spend 16 hard-earned dollars of u.s currency to see this i was i was interested to see how how gory it would be how much they would show um but right there you're admitting that like you didn't care about the ya romance part of this because you it was like you can make a gross out movie Mm because it's about cannibals yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess i was more interested about like how much is this going to be um a gory movie like a saw like how much is this going to be about the cannibalism aspect or, or or like how much is this going to be about the love story how much is this going to be about you know maybe something else um and i i am not one to watch gory movies it's not like it's not my thing but i'm not necessarily put off by it um but yeah i guess that was one thing i was interested in seeing that was that was what i thought through as well because it's one thing to have a like a eating session on a page i suppose yeah. and it's not like she she doesn't go into any great detail about what it's like to eat a person but the moment you put that on the screen i think we've talked about this before it's yeah, like yeah. the act of eating a human on screen inherently requires you to show like 
teeth into skin, blood, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, you might as well go for it. You have to do it. Yeah. Um, otherwise you're just sort of like tiptoeing around yeah. the, the thing. I was also interested in this thought. It just came to me, um, about seeing, um, how sort of Marin and maybe other eaters would, uh, get that urge. Um, cause in the book, it's sort of like they get the smell or the set like heightened sense, uh, after smelling certain things. Um, in you know, before they, before they devour the, the person. And then there's also, especially in the book, this, uh, connection between sexual desire and eating flesh, mm-hmm. which is not every single instance in the book, but I would say like 90%, um, where, you know, especially for Marin, there's a, there's a guy, um, who is sexually attracted to her and, you know, they form an initial relationship and then things kind of move forward and she either feels sexual desire, which leads to the devouring, or maybe it's something else. But there's there's this connection that can't really be undone between, you know, they're about to hook up, have sex, and then she eats the person. So I was interested to see if they continue that trend in the movie or whether they would divert it to maybe something more, uh, like, less sexual, sexually motivated, and more, like, just hunger motivated or prime, primally... Uh, urge motivated yeah some of that's now i'm th- thinking this through some of that stuff with Marin, especially because you're right it, it does all happen like within these sexual situations but she it, it, she encourages it right like mm-hmm. she flirts with these men she gets them into these like closed rooms and then does it so she, yeah. in a way she is kind of this like siren who's like come come after me uh i would i would disagree with that you know I, so? I would think i i got the assumption um, that Marin was like interested in talking to people and you know she was on her own so she had to talk to people and meet people <clears throat> and of course she was probably attracted to some of these boys but like she tried her best to prevent the situations by saying no 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 and the guys would still come on to them and be like no let's do it and then she's like, okay fine and then she you know her urge is too strong I thought she was I thought I did think she was like no this is wrong I should like stop doing this. So do you think it was more of a like defense reflex then? So, cause I mean, part of the, oh, interesting. part of what we'll talk about is like the rationalization of eating when it's time to eat or yeah, when you yeah. eat somebody. Mm-hmm. And so like thinking about this is like, you know, the last guy she eats, she sort of brings him into this annex of the library and is like, do you know the Dewey decimal number for yeah, yeah. cannibalism? And he's right. like, you little succubus. And then she <laughs> eats him. Um, but there are other moments where, you know, I think most of these relationships start because the guy is like, comes up to her and is like, Hey, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Um, and I mean, there is a hint of danger because she's 16 and on her own, Mm -hmm. but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not one or the other, but there's, does she like lure them in to kill them? Or is it like, you know, she's actually afraid and this is her way of just, continuing to survive in a a scary world even though these are like 16 year olds i don't know i think she uh, so my impression is especially throughout the beginning of the novel is that she doesn't want to be this way and that she does not want to eat these people and she's trying her best to not do that um especially because a lot of that is derived from obviously societal um pressures but also like her mother who abandons her um after just basically dealing with all the times that she would eat 
yeah. the babysitter and other situations um i got the sense that she was trying her best to not do these things and she was trying to control her urges but basically there was something deep down inside of her that was basically like allowing it to happen allowing it to get to the stage where she eventually devours the person so i think there was something maybe subconscious about what she was doing that was allowing it to get to the stage where she would just eat the person but she was trying her best it was like her brain right and her heart were saying two different things and eventually there was a uh, there was a point where they just um where they crossed and the the the, uh, the heart won basically do you feel like that was in the book or do you think you're creating that because i i would argue that you're that you're like you're right but i i don't i didn't feel like we if that is true i didn't feel like we got enough of that tension that was like i really don't want to eat another person and then she just like continues to eat people and there's no like hung, well, so hung over there's no yeah. like day after that's like i ate another person i do think um that's a good point so she there wasn't try to stop herself ever she just like i think she tried her best to like stop it from getting to there because she could feel it coming um in the book but there was no like reconciliation that i remember from the book that was like i need to stop doing this i need to do this i need to do that Whereas in the movie world, we'll get into it, it might be a little bit different. Um, I did get that sense though in the in the book that she was trying to rest, and then in the end of the book when she is, she devours the librarian guy at the at the college. Yeah, I do think that that was sort of like she was luring him in, right? So she sort of becomes this succubus. Yeah, this character where she's like maybe realizes her power or like figures it out um, how she can get away with this stuff and she can sort of indulge, for lack of a better term. So, but yeah, okay. So by the end of the book, she's now like an actual monster. Yeah. Whereas before she was more innocent and trying her best to prevent it, but eventually became the the monster she she always was supposed to be. And maybe that's part of the, maybe that's part of it. Maybe because we eat meat, we become monsters. Oh. Maybe we're figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, so I suppose it's, it's, it's also like, I mean, obviously it's fantasy because yeah. it's, it's cannibalism, <laughs> but Maybe what I really like rebelled against was the the like the lack of a like connective tissue to what kind of world we were in. Is it a fantasy world? Is it like some is it more like reality? Mm. Because I, I think it's kind of reality, but it's also not reality, but it's not like far enough away for me to not be questioning like she ate like 11 people. Where are the cops? Where are people trying to stop her? Yeah. She, she like eats a woman. There weren't really consequences. Yeah. She just goes around and does stuff. And it's, I mean, does she need to become a monster at the end? Because she's a, already a monster throughout it. She's already eating all these people. Maybe she just accepts it at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I do think that it was grounded in reality. I don't think it was like some fantasy world, um, but I will say there were, it was a little bit unbelievable all of the times that she would get away with these things and there would be no consequences. Uh, obviously her mother would come in and save her and they would like move to a new town, but it's still like, okay, but yeah, <laughs> I wanted no real close call. I wanted consequences. I wanted tension. I wanted like rules of the story road, whatever yeah, you yeah, want to say. Yeah. Like I wanted to understand why Yeah, I wanted like reckoning with decisions. And you know, part of that is like mm -hmm. consequences. Yeah. I just wanted there to be more stuff yeah. that like, a story has about yeah. like <laughs> actions. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it. There could have been way more um, connections between 
us humans where we eat meat all the time, chicken, beef, whatever it is, steak, um, like more connection with that, with this cannibalism, if that's the point you're trying to make with this book, like you need to have more of that, um, more of those connections to sort of tell that, tell, show them that like, this is, you're doing kind of the same thing. You're eating this, this, this living thing or once living thing. Um, but yeah, there were also points in the book that didn't really, they were kind of convenient or didn't make sense. Like the social worker, uh, aspect, which I didn't really understand. Like, I, maybe you can help me out here, but I, I, from my understanding that the social worker wanted to be eaten. That's what I, that's okay. what I took from it. Yeah. Which I was like, why? A suicide, <laughs> like, I think. Like, okay. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a suicide, but yeah, just like he wanted to die. Yeah. And she doesn't do it. She runs away, but then she's able to find his car and, and she's, escape. she's like, I know what this means. And I was like, I don't know what that, I don't know what it means. Did yeah. he like jump off a yeah. cliff? I, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah. So uh, there are a few situations like that in the book that didn't really connect or didn't make total sense. Um, but yeah, so do we like reading it? No. Okay. I mean, we, you know, we talked about all these things. I, I just think it was in the parlance of, of maybe a cannibalism, but I thought it was a bit of a, just an empty calorie like treat. Like yeah. it was, I don't know. Like it, it, in no way, unless we had to have a podcast about it, like I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't have done it. Um, sure. And it, you know, part of it is like, I'm sure there's an audience for this book. It's, it's, it's certainly not us. Did you, did you find yourself after reading the book with any sort of new knowledge or new perspective? No, I, I just, it, it just like, it wasn't full enough. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it was, it more, was like more surface level. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the author like thought through what it was like to eat a person mm-hmm. either. Cause they, I mean this like 16 year old girl eats full people. Yeah. Like she ate a full babysitter as a baby. Yeah. How yeah. yeah you, which like, is how also do you, like, you know, how does that happen? Yeah. They eat the bones. Certain people eat bones. Yeah. Um, and part of that is like it's heightened, but it's, it's also not heightened because yeah. it's, it isn't heightened. Right. So I just, I, I kind of just wanted like more decisions to be made to fill in whatever world that we were living in yeah. and without it i just sort of felt like i was reading like a first draft of something yeah fair that was pretty uh blase like a to z yeah let's get you from it was like the first coat first coat of paint yeah. of a story yeah yeah um i mean yeah that's fair yeah sorry <laughs> no it's, i, I mean, know this you don't is have your, to apologize anybody that's just your opinion um, um yeah so that's where i am on this I, I didn't enjoy reading it i actually gave it one star on uh oh damn on goodreads <laughs> I, you know, sometimes you gotta just like kind of you gotta it, make a take stand, a stand. Yeah, 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 fair. Yeah. Fair that. i don't think i've rated it yet on goodreads but i would probably give it a two yeah uh, i mean one is really mean yeah one's well, like almost disrespectful yeah <laughs> not that we care we're just like two podcasters yeah but, but there, are, I mean, there are so many, so many better books than this. Yeah, like we want to let the people know that unless you're really into cannibalism stories, even then, I don't think you're going to get what you want out of this because <laughs> I don't like. There's no explanation. Like, where do yeah. you start when you? I guess she starts in the throat to kill the person. Then after that, yeah, yeah. What do you eat? How is it different to eat like a someone's bicep Could you imagine than someone's if there was thigh like, or if someone's there was eye? Like a three-page prose about actually eating. I would have liked that. Yeah, honestly. that would have been interesting. Yeah. Like the eye is like gushy. It's kind of like eating a grape and then you eat the heart and it's like, yeah, you know, maybe the guy was a drinker and his like liver. It tastes different. I don't know. Who would have done a great job at that would have been Brett Easton Ellis. 
Yeah. You would have done a great job. Yeah. Come on the pod, Brett. <laughs> Brett with one T. Give us your thoughts about this. Yeah. This novel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I Like specificity, please. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Maybe you can't do that with YA, but. Why not? Like the Harry Potter books are full of like, they created a whole world for people. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't read a lot of YA. I'm, was there a lot of cannibalism in Harry Potter? Uh, subtext. It was a lot of subtextual <laughs> cannibalism. I know. I mean, Gryffindor. I mean, it's a lion. Yeah, what do yeah. lions do? Eat humans. That's true. They do. Slytherin. You know, <laughs> snakes. Garden of Eden. I, you, you tell I me. We need to break this down. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, so I would agree. I didn't didn't necessarily enjoy it um, as much as I would have liked reading, but you know. We live and we learn. We move on. Um, cool. We're going to take a quick break and listen to the trailer for the film. And we'll be right back. You don't think I'm a bad person. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the trailer for Bones and All. Um, okay, so we spoke about the book and we listened to the trailer. And now, of course, we're going to talk about the movie. But before we do that, Eric, would you please learn us something new? Today, we'll, we're going to be talking about vegetarians and vegans, since I'm not sure if you heard the author of this book is vegan. I did hear that. Um, and she wrote a book about cannibals. I think she's up for the Medal of Freedom or something for, <laughs> for, doing, for doing that. Anyway, for her. Uh, it's estimated that 22% of the world's population is vegetarian and 7% is vegan. Uh, and the country with the most estimated vegetarians is India, where many believe the cow is a sacred animal. Mm-hmm. Rest of the top five, Mexico, 19%, Brazil, 14%, Taiwan, 13 to 14% of the population, and Israel, 13% of the population. India, I, I forgot to mention, is uh, I think anywhere from like 30 to 50% is wow. estimated um, vegetarian. So that's uh, pretty good. That's pretty. That's high. Yeah, high. that's higher than I thought. Especially um, since India's population is so big. So what is, so vegan is like. No animal products. Yeah. So no, no milk, no yogurt. Right. No, no dairy. eggs. No eggs. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So thirty to fifty percent at any moment is. I feel like that India is, should be even more, but I guess I think because um, it's in their religion, right? It's in yeah, uh, yeah. So there, I think there is there are different. And look at us talking about religions. We I mean, don't yeah. know about, but I think there there is one. There's like one sect that believes the cow is sacred, and there's another group of people in India who like very much eat cows. Yeah, they believe that like vegans are stupid oh really the other well i mean that's that that was more of a <laughs> joke but no but i think there's other another segment of the population is like very pro meat eating that's interesting that mexico and brazil are number two and three i just i would never expect that and israel i guess israel makes sense because you you don't eat like because yeah, it for kosher, kosher yeah kosher reasons well kosher is i think it's actually a way for the meat to be prepared maybe if you can't get any kosher then yeah you can't have it yeah yeah that's interesting well okay cool and do we know what the u.s is did you uh i did look it up it's like 10 percent or something yeah it's 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 a little bit lower single digits yeah yeah so u.s loves its its meat you know yeah we are we are carnivores yeah at our at our heart 
Interesting though. I wonder if that's like I would love to see the trend over time. I don't know yeah. when they started collecting this data, but like if vegetarian veganism is increasing or not. I bet it is. Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely like a, more of a swell for eating going meatless for yeah. like environmental reasons. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a good point. Because uh, like factory farming and and just like cows in particular. I would love to see the stats on um, cannibalism too. If those are going up. You know, it's funny. That's actually the first thing I tried to find for the this <laughs> thing. I couldn't. I couldn't quite find a reliable. That's number. too bad. Yeah. <laughs> was it on Reddit or something? Or just I like, just <laughs> went down in some websites I shouldn't have been on. On the dark web. It's like, oh god, that's funny. Um, cool. Well, thank you for learning us something. That's actually very interesting. Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. There you go. Okay, Eric. Movie time. How would you describe this adaptation? Literal, loose, or reimagined? I'm gonna go. I think loose is the is the answer here. It's sort of on like the loose side of literal, like in between on the Matrix. It's in the middle, but like maybe you know leans left, kind of like Joe Biden, right? <laughs> I, I, I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I think loose because I mean it it really is very similar, but there are a number of micro differences, um, and maybe some that are like a little larger than micro that are worth noting. I would disagree with. I think this was literal. You think it's literal? I think this is very literal. Oh. Um, I mean, you have the full narrative structure from A to A to Z. That's basically the same. Super Characters nuts. are all the same, essentially. Um, you have all the big points in the in the narrative that are hit. Um, but yeah, like you said, micro differences. But you're gonna get that with any adaptation, right? Yeah. So, how do you explain all the I'm differences we have on the sheet? We're getting. We're about to talk about it, so. <laughs> Yeah, see if I, I agree or not. You know, I could be swayed. I do, I do think it's 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 more it's more literal than loose. I would say. Oh, it's on the spectrum. It's, you know, it's leaning towards literal. You know what they did, which really should be the tell, is that they kept character names the same. It's more AOC than Joe Biden. If we're leaning left, if that's what we're doing. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. I like that. You know, literal loose, and that's yeah. our that's our spectrum. So yeah. there you go. Um, okay. Let's get into the difference. So number one, the maturing of the narrative uh, into the movie. So we have a couple of notes here for hypersexual hypersexualization in the book. Um, and then Marion and Lee often eat people during sex, which is kind of sort of a similar point. Can we unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So it's a, it's, we, you know, we've said it before, YA romance. Mm-hmm. And so when you're younger, it tends not to be as like, visceral of relations right there Mm. are they do have like there are there is romance and specifically um marin is like sexualized in the way that people want to get with her and when they try to get with her she then eats them Mm -hmm. um lee is like less so but he does eat um a person who he like is making out with after the a carnival. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he eats a girl from the university of Wisconsin dorm who's tries to get with him. Yeah. So there, there are many, many examples of cannibalism occurring at, or like after like, like right up hookups. Yes. Like basically when hookups are occurring. Yeah. So that's the book. Um, and I, I would also argue like on the blood side of things, it's not so bloody of a book. There are there are moments where they talk about like brushing their teeth. That's pretty much all they ever say is like, "I need to brush my teeth." Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the uh, the I gotta signal. return some videotapes <laughs> from uh, Patrick Bateman and yeah, yeah. American Psycho. Um, 
but I, I think that's kind of where that like age ends. Mm. Like, I guess this is, this is maybe like a harder thing to explain, but I think to me, and you can disagree and we can talk about it, but like Marin is 16, Lee is 19 in the book, but I personally didn't feel that age from them. Mm-hmm. I I felt that Marin was a 16 year old person who acted like an adult, had feelings like an adult, uh, described things as an adult because this book is told in first person. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of like childish qualities about her. Yeah. Yeah. I just sort of felt like it was an adult cosplaying as a 16 year old on the page. Yeah. I mean, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right about that. I, I think Lee was, uh, sort of further along and more mature in the sense of like, he knew who he was and he knew what he was and he was more okay with like what he was doing and knew how to do it well and get away with it. Whereas Marin was sort of still figuring that out. Um, and that would be like more of her child, child, like qualities i guess but um she was mature in the sense of like she was on her own um she wasn't stupid by any means she was quite smart and she uh, you're right there were instances in the book where she described things in very like like adult in an adult way i guess um she did not feel like a child at all uh and there was actually points in the book where i was like how old is this girl like is she in high school is she older is she much younger because it kind of spans her her young life at least where she's like an infant basically in the beginning or a a very young child and then she's like and in camp when she's like eight or nine years old and then she gets into high school and then on and on but um yeah i think the 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 point of like hypersexualization that we're trying to make here is like in the in the book especially that's where it all comes from that's where basically every single moment of her devouring somebody is, is taking place whereas in the movie that is not necessarily the case Marin, it's not it's probably insinuated where she's with her three friends right that her and her one like girlfriend she's sort of attracted to her but it's not explicit um so that could be one sexualization and then the one with the old lady where she runs into sally is not sexual at all um, and I would argue that none of the other ones for Marin are sexualized. Whereas in the book, it's, there's the, the guys from high school, there's the guy from the Walmart. Um, there's many more instances where it's just sexualized. Yes. And I, to me, I think when I think about this is like the, the difference to me is that in the book, I, honestly, I left the movie or sorry, in the movie, I left the movie thinking that, like it was all a metaphor for like your first sexual experience. Oh, interesting. Because it was withheld the entire time. There's a, we'll talk about these two characters later, but they, they talk about like going bones and all is yeah. like a big moment for you. Interesting. And I think I read it as like, okay, well when you do this thing for the first time, you become it's going to a... change your life. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> like, you know, you, you see it. In the book, to your point, it's like every time she eats somebody, it's like during a hookup yeah. or like a, about to be a hookup or yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, but in the in the movie, that's not the case. But it does seem to be like dripped out. Like, yeah, it's like more of a, yeah. 
steady flow. Yeah. And to the that same, like, if you follow that through line, what happens when you have sex for the first time? Right. You sort of become an adult, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is like one of the the poles you pass on your way to being an older person yeah, is yeah, like yeah. having that experience. So right. um, it to like earlier conversation about the book and like character growth, giving that like putting that sticking that signpost in the ground saying like when you do this things will change for you makes a character have to change or mm-hmm. like creates a character change just by the nature of that act when you just allow it to like happen willy-nilly and there's no like thinking about it after the fact or whatever the case may be you know you, you don't change because you're, you don't take the time right to change so I, I think like as we talk about maturing the narrative as we talk about like sexualization I think in the movie, it does a better job of showing us how things are different when these things occur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it knows that we're telling a story about a 16 year old girl, even though I think the actress in real life is 28. Shout out to, is she really? Shout out to, you know, makeup, I suppose. (laughs) Um, That's wild. She's, she's actually older than, than Timothy Chalamet. He's 26. Is he 26? Oh wow. Yeah. He's, I mean, that's scary. That's, that scares me. He's very young. Wild. Um, I thought he was younger. I thought he was like i don't know 22 23 he's been around for he was in an interstellar as a that's true he was 2011 yeah. poster on the wall um so anyway yeah so i just think like when we talk about maturing the narrative or sexualization the movie knows how to use that to its like character development mm-hmm. advantage mm-hmm. in a way the book in my opinion does not right right no i agree i agree um i didn't get that the the like the build up to your first experience i didn't put those two together but that makes sense so good job kudos well yeah <laughs> i i have a, i also have a, d- a different read for the ending that we'll talk about later too but okay um yeah that's how i that's, that's kind of how i saw yeah. it um cool let's keep moving on here we got uh the cannibalism morality line um so basically what that means is like what's the moral behind what's the moral reasoning behind uh being a cannibal or like what's the explanation for it yeah, or even rationalizing it. So yeah. in, in the book, Marin and, and Lee, and really Sully, any eater you come across, they don't really care who they eat, right? They're, they they eat specific people who seem to like share certain experiences with them, mm-hmm. right? Like we yeah. just talked about Marin eating a lot of these people during sexual experiences or whatever. Um, but they don't seem to be overly concerned with doing it. There's a scene where um, I think it's Lee eats the guy from Walmart and they find his wallet they steal his truck find his wallet know where he lives go to his house and stay there overnight because they're you know homeless right so they stay there the next morning the baby mama or the guy's baby mama and baby show up and she like bangs on the door and it's like where the hell are you you drunk asshole right right and he's not there and they are like oh shit i guess we should leave yeah not like oh shit like we ate a father yeah yeah, yeah. there's a kid without a dad in the world because of our actions yeah um in the movie that exact thing happens it's different because it's the carnival person and not the walmart person but when they go to his house to like stay the night they run into a family and she's like calling the police and it's like oh my god where is you should be home whatever whatever and there's a very Marin has a very like clear freak out where it's like we did we did something wrong we did something wrong so there is there is a line to cross uh moralism is much is a, is a much greater concern. And I just think like, I don't know. That's a, that's a good, I feel like th- that clearly, the movie clearly tells you where the line is. 
Yeah. Right. Or like, or at least shows you what the consequences are of this lifestyle. Yeah. Right. You, if you are going to do this, you are going to ruin lives basically. Um, and it sort of shows that whereas the book doesn't really dive into that. They, you know, you have the baby mama and, and the baby come home yelling and screaming, but they're like, they don't really care about their feelings. They're just like, Oh shit, we got to get out of here or else we'll be found out. Um, I will say that I should mention that in the movie, that's that scene happens where they kill the guy, not from, it's not Walmart, but it's like a mini Mart, whatever. Yeah. Um, Lee eats him and then they go to his house and they're like chilling out there. Uh, and I can't remember why they leave. They just leave. Um, but there's no baby mama. There's no, there's no consequence. There's no, so the, so the movie sort of takes that out of the, of the narrative and sort of shows that situation later in a more mature way of like these this is what happens when you do this um so they go to that guy's house in the movie and it's like he's got like naked women on the walls yeah he's got a kiss poster he puts on that kiss song it's about like licking or something or something uh kind of related to the narrative yeah and he like dances around for a little bit kiss before they had the makeup that's what it was yeah yeah Yeah. um you gotta see gene cool scene i mean there's a lot of cool scenes in this movie like yeah. Like that's a cool scene. Um, even the carnival scene is, is, is quite good. Yeah. And they switch the, the gender. Um, so it's a, like a homosexual relationship with, with, uh, Lee's character as opposed to in the book where it's a heterosexual relationship. Um, I gotta but, put labels on it. Well, I can't just be, it's true. My bad. It's all a spectrum. Um, yeah. But I, one, one, the only thing I'll say about lines is that just like, I think is a writer or whatever you draw lines because it's interesting and suspenseful yeah. when someone crosses them and it just like, you create you hide in the drama yeah yeah so that's why it, it makes good sense because you want things to be interesting what happens when you get a hollywood you know a quality hollywood director is yeah. he he's not hollywood but he's he was he nominated for call me by your name i doubt it but he's up there he's like respected yeah I mean, he's got tillis Winton. yeah he's, yeah, he's got people with him he got he got timmy he's got a crew the he got Timmy, most yeah. popular actor of his generation yeah that's true that's fair okay cool so um the two eaters so this is a scene that we did not get in the book, but was quite a good scene in the movie where Marin and Lee are in their truck, they're driving, they're just, they find this sort of dirt path. Campground. Not, campground kind of. And they're just hanging out, chilling. And then we get two kind of like redneck looking hillbilly guys driving up to them. Um, and it's a little bit like, you know, who the fuck are you kind of thing. But it's clear that these guys realize that these are two eaters, that Marin and Lee are eaters, and they are like, we got to like say what up and hang out with these guys. So there's an entire camp scene or like a uh, campfire scene, excuse yeah. me. Um, like drinking. Drinking, yeah. talking and stuff where we find out. Um, why don't you take it away? Yeah. You know, they, I think crucially, introduce the concept of bones and all, mm-hmm. which is this idea that you eat all parts of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of this like final level of cannibalism that we think neither Lee nor Marin has experienced. Yeah. Um, and it, it does two, th- this scene I think does two things for us, which is that, you know, it, it, in introducing that concept, you introduce this like final moral line that Marin or Lee needs to cross to fully like exit from society Mm -hmm. like when you eat a person fully you can no longer be part of like society you You sort of graduate into this eater yeah eater realm yeah um and it also i think showing the two of them who are like bones and all aficionados 
gives Marin and Lee an example of um, a life led like fully on the outskirts. Like mm-hmm. these guys are like really in bad shape. Yeah, my God. The I mean, one of them looks like he is either like homeless or like a works at a mechanic shop all day and has never showered in his entire life. Yeah, they they look really ripe. Yeah. Um. And and one of them actually is not an eater. He doesn't like have to eat, but he like chooses to eat too. And so it adds like a little bit of like oh my god yeah to it which is you know i think why it's important that lee and marion like run away because they're like metaphorically running away from that kind of life eating area and i I think it tells you actually like i I moved this up in the outline because i thought it was really important but like the fact that they run away from people who eat bodies bones and all and just like live campground to campground look like shit mm-hmm. is that like there are there is hope for lee and Marin to not be that be that yeah um and so later when you get like a big decision you sort of know what the outcome is going to be because yeah. you have an example of of it uh, i see what you're saying yeah and it, we should mention that this is another sort of line in the sand that's drawn by Marin when she hears that this other that the second man that they're hanging out with is actually not an eater and is just like sort of doing this for sport yeah um she's obviously disgusted and sort of goes back to their car and is like done with the conversation so she has her you can see her moral ground right yeah uh, this is where michael stubart comes in for listeners of this episode yes um playing a redneck do you think he did it well oh man i loved it yeah but this is my favorite scene uh it's super movie. tense because in, yeah. at first you kind of think they're like bullies yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, they're gonna like mess with these kids, yeah, yeah. and then you realize what they are, and then when they escape, I mean, it's played as an escape, right? When yeah. they leave, they like back out really slowly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the ignition on, <laughs> and then like, like and then he chases it, after him, and they chase after him. Yeah, and it's a creepy scene. Yeah, I don't know. This actor is really fucking good, man. Like he, every cameo scene that he has, not cameo, but like bit part scene, even in Call Me by Your Name, where he's like talking to him on the couch, great scene. Yeah. In Arrival, he's fucking great. I haven't seen a serious man, but um great actor yeah um men in black three don't forget i forgot <laughs> sorry <laughs> um excuse me but yeah i wanted to also mention i think you may have may have already said this but the bones and all addition right this concept of like eating mm. somebody bones and all is a new addition yes um to the story that is just like sort of ties in the title right as well as gives it this extra bit of like um i don't know what you would call it but like narrative uh thrust narrow thrust right? yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah i thought that was a really good addition sort of gives you know it what's a, nice gives it sort of a complete you know well yeah it's having things to like further the story i don't know i don't know about you you probably just watched like <laughs> old like italian art films that yeah just... i i watched spaghetti westerns are you big uh jean dealman fan no i hate that guy jean, jean dealman i think he's a, a hack actually so they they came up with this list it's a movie i think it's jean jean dealman yeah, i don't even know who that j-e-a-n dealman it's a got named the number one movie of all time by Sight and Sound magazine. That the list just came out. You can look it up. Okay. Um, it's a like three hour plus minute. I think it's Belgian movie uh-huh. that is is literally just a woman doing housework. What? Yeah. I have to look this up. So you probably would like that movie because there's no there's no narrative, right? Yeah, just, I mean like, it's it's just real life. It's just art, dude. Yeah. Like. There you go. Okay. I appreciate it. I'm glad we know that. <laughs> um. Okay, cool. And then another difference is Sully. So um, Sully is a character in the book um, who is a little bit of his older. He's this older guy, older man that sort of takes a liking to Marin. An eater. 
he's an eater um and he sort of sniffs her out and is like hey by the way i got this body in this in this uh in this house here we should eat and they sort of form this relationship uh friendship and but he's a little bit creepy he's a little bit like not too sure about him uh in the book it turns out that you know this big reveal um is that he is actually her grandfather yep so um we can get into sort of the family dynamics here in a minute but um that is not necessarily the case or that is not the case in, in the movie, but he is still very creepy. He's still like wants to be w- around her and it actually starts to takes it to this next level where he tries to kill her uh, and eat her. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they removed the grandfather portion of it. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I think it was too complicated um, and too messy. Just like, I kind of like that as a reveal. Because it, it did kind of seem like in the book that like he was kind of like watching out for her and he was always around. He was always trying to hang but out. But then he wants to kill her. Yeah, so then like, yeah, then it's also like, wait, why do you want to kill her? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I would much rather him just be an antagonist mm. because then when you're when he's a grandfather whose son is in an asylum, who's... Where did he adopt? Um, <sighs> I can't remember exactly how, how it worked out, but basically... Oh, okay. I remember. So... Sorry. Sully, yes, Sully and his wife, I think the baby was either like stolen or like given away really oh, that's quickly. Right. That's right. And it then his son was adopted by another family yeah. who figured out that he was like not doing well. Yeah. And they adopted him because their first son like died young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they tried to use him to like fill that void in their hearts. Yeah. Um, and then he has Marin and doesn't really meet her like i think they have the daughter and he's like almost out of their life immediately yeah, yeah. uh it's it's a lot of it's complicated family dynamics um yeah it speaks to like i don't know past or shared family trauma and yeah maybe even we talked about this like is is the cannibalism gene mm. past i don't know that's like you're you're really reading into something there probably it's sort of insinuated i would say yeah um, but i think i think you're you remove the grandfather just because like you need a villain or an antagonist. Yeah. Somebody that if you're not going to have, if he's not going to be there to support her and like take her on the journey, then he should just be. Yeah. Yeah. And he, well, he kind of is initially, right? Like he, he does, you know, help her out. We don't eat other eaters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so he gives her some rules. He, he, he does help her out and then he goes away for a while, but sort of like creepily follows her around. Yeah. And then when they do reconvene, when her and Lee's like split apart and mm-hmm. it's just her again, she rebuffs him. Right. And it like radicalizes him basically yeah. to start the final him. third of this movie. Yeah. Um, but I would say in the book, yeah, he's just way more of a presence. He's like there a lot. He's just as creepy, but it's, it's like kind of convoluted. Yeah. I can't remember now why he wanted to eat her, kill her and eat her in the book. Do you remember what the motivation was for that? No. Was it something to do with Lee? I don't remember, but... Little Missy, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. In, the, um, in the movie, he he is like upset with her because she's like, I don't need you. I don't want to be around you. You creep me out <laughs> with your white van. Yeah. Um, And like, why the fuck are you following me kind of thing? Yeah. And the... I can't remember in the book, but yeah. There's something about her dad because it, when she goes to his lake house, Sully's lake house, she finds her dad's like ID. And I was like, why does she have my, oh, why does yeah. he have my dad's ID? And then he like breaks into her room at night. Yeah. Even though she locks the door. 
he's like standing over her and he's like, I see you found the ID. Well, I wonder if he, I can't remember. Did he kill her father? Maybe. No. Cause he's in the asylum. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. I don't know. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's just a lot happens in like those five pages yeah. and it's our fault for like not remembering, not remembering it. But also when like the first 95 didn't get you ready for <laughs> those, like the five important ones, you know, yeah. whose fault is it really? Who's fault? Exactly. Um, but yeah, then you want to talk about the hair rope? Yeah. Uh, so that, that was actually the read in to this episode, but it is all of his victims. He like clips their hair. Like your hair would probably be good for his hair rope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, clips yeah. their hair and ties it into this like ever lengthening rope. He'd never get me though. Uh, he couldn't catch me. You would bite you in your throat. <laughs> uh, he makes it into this rope, which is sort of like just like a, I don't know, like a tribute to his, all his eats. Yeah. It's like a token of his, you know, accomplishments. It's kind of like his dining notebook, right? He's like, Oh yeah, this was it's like, a, it's like this is like the stereotypical ster- serial killer thing. They always keep they yeah, always mementos. Know, bring something behind. Yeah, memento, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ma- Marin might keep something. I can't remember if she kept like maybe just the names and ages and where it happened. Yeah, I don't believe I don't remember if she kept, if she kept anything. anything. Yeah. Um but so in the book he just has this rope and it's creepy and gross. Um and he carries it with him all the time. In the movie they do something better with it which mm-hmm. is so we talked about how he comes back she says get out of here with your creepy white van it radicalizes him to go find lee's sister mm-hmm. who's a character in both the book and the movie um and kill her yeah he adds her like this very specific like blue ribboned blonde hair to her rope when he comes back to attack Marin at the university of michigan where she's working as a librarian um lee fights him off while like being fatally wounded and while they think they've won and beat sully because they killed him they then see the rope has his sister's hair in it and it's just this like super deflating moment yeah where like even though they bested him he's kind of already won yeah and i thought that was a really really good moment in the movie like it was worth half a star for me i was like fuck yeah yeah that's great that's really good writing yeah it is it, it it does it does like it uh, dampens the moment of beating Sully, like you you didn't really win, like you kind of won but you really lost, in a sense, but yeah, it was it was sad, but a lot a lot of blood, so that's always good. Yeah, but I th- I think it's just like how can we we have all these main characters, how can we keep them in like a super taut, uh, like netting of story? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Kayla's important because it's sort of Lee's connection to his his past and his home Marin has her connection to her home and her past with her like asylum parent yeah um but the moment you like sully clips he he basically clips both because he or whatever Marin's is clipped because her, her one of her parents left and their parent is crazy lee still has this connection to home but then sully like mm-hmm. kills it yeah and so for like a brief moment lee is like happy in one and then he has nothing to live for. Yeah. So very quickly. Eat me. Eat yeah. me, Marin. Yeah. I want you to eat me. So, um, so Sully's a bit different from those, um, reasons we just mentioned. And then Lee. So Lee is also a bit different. Yeah. And the way he dies is a bit different. Why he dies is a bit different. His backstory is a bit different. What do we want to get into first? Yeah. Everything is just a bit different. Just a little bit. Um, let's, so let's so the, the, so the big strokes are basically like Lee and Marin travel together 
at a certain point, Lee and Marin split up. Yeah. The reasons for each, the reasons in each medium are slightly different. So in the book, um, one night they spent in this like newly built model house and they like eat sugar cookies and, uh, lay in bed. And it's kind of this like almost pre hookup scene where they're like getting deep with each other. They're in a bed together, yada, yada. And he talks about how he talks about his past. And he basically says like my mom's boyfriend, not his father. My mom's boyfriend was like kind of abusive to us. And one day I just couldn't do it. And I ate him, Mm -hmm. but my girlfriend walked in on me doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And she like screamed and left and is now in an asylum for mentally unstable people because of what she witnessed. Yeah. And Marin believes that all his trips back to Kentucky to his house, to his home, are actually to go see his ex, who he still loves. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Marin doesn't want to travel with him anymore because she doesn't think that they're like connected anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Lee loves this girl. She'll never love Marin. Right, right. It's sort of like a lovey reason. Yeah. In the book, Lee has a past that is like kind of clouded in mystery, which is that his dad either died or disappeared and they found Lee covered in blood. And it was like very obvious. You're talking about this is the movie. In the movie. Yeah. That Lee possibly killed him. Yeah. They tested the blood. It was only Lee's blood on his body. So they let him off, but Mm -hmm. it's still like very suspicious. Yeah. At a certain point, he tells Marin that he ate his father. Bones and all. Bones and all. Yeah um ate him up that was a great scene yeah um and it's so in the movie this change is super relevant because we've already established that the bones and all is like a line Mm -hmm. and we didn't know that lee had gone bones and all until this reveal yeah and so you think he's this like it sort of changes how you feel about him yeah yeah um he can never be just like a librarian like marin is right, right? right he's he's forever like outcasted forever different um and so it's 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 a reveal that that tells you a lot more about lee than it does like the cops or whatever um so i I think that's why the difference and i think i think keeping it father versus mom's boyfriend Mm -hmm. and his father also was an eater so i think he was afraid that his father was gonna like eat them yeah yeah um, cause he, he had found out. So mm-hmm. I, I think I get, I, I think in the movie, it's much more clear that there exists some sort of like father to son, mother to daughter connection, connection, passing down of eating. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's just sort of like a richer ad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that it's, um, it does give it a little bit more like, clean narrative and clean um concise uh description in the film versus the book like passing it down from father to son mother to daughter um as well as protecting and it gives it certainly gives lee that that extra sort of like not a it's it is a reveal as to how we ate him bones and all but gives him a little bit extra like oh so he is this person now or he always was we just didn't see it um and Marin hasn't gotten there yet and maybe she'll never get there um until the ending which you want to talk about it let's talk about it let's unpack it yeah because i mean it involves lee right so in the book um sully 
attacks her at the University of Wisconsin. And she's living with Lee and Lee walks in and fights him off. They kill Sully. The hair rope is there, but there's no sister sister's hair in it. Right. So they survive together. They're about to hook up and Lee's like, don't kiss me, like eat me. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the movie, they fight Sully off. They're at University of Michigan. Maybe they just go blue. There's not a big <laughs> Wisconsin guy. Maybe. Uh, and Lee takes like a knife to the stomach yeah. during the fight. And they kill Sully, but Lee's not going to survive. He's mm-hmm. like really bleeding. Then sees his sister's hair. And he's like, please, Marion, just like eat me. Just eat me. Just yeah. eat me. Just eat me. Um, and so the movie ends basically with her going bones and all. Bones and all. So she becomes what she feared most. Yeah. Yeah um what is the is that the end what is the end scene i'm trying to remember it i can't remember is it it might be like more like outdoorsy yeah or is it just it might just be her like like, i feel like she starts to eat him right she she definitely like like the end scene was actually her and lee on that like beautiful landscape where he tells her about the bones and all thing. Mm. I feel like that happened after I like, could a, be wrong. like a flash back. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah. And then the asylum asylum scene, um, was a bit different where, um, just to mention it, uh, in the movie it's, um, Marin's mother, right? Like we mentioned before. And his mother actually, her mother actually tries to attack her and eat her um whereas in the in the book it's um Marin's father and Marin's father like can barely can't even speak really and there's also the social worker scene yeah um i think we mentioned it before that just doesn't materialize in the movie probably for um smart reasons um but yeah so those are the the main differences yeah and just to add a quick about asylum that's the sort of like the narrative thrust for a for like half the book at least is like Marin is specifically going to try and find her parent yeah her other parent her first parent leaves her second parent she wants to find and then when she finds her parent it's they're in an asylum and it's kind of a an early lesson on like what it's like to live as an old eater mm. i suppose like yeah. you know there's not a lot of old eaters besides sully but right. it's kind of weird yeah um so this you know an example of like you don't go very far in this life yeah. as this kind of person right right uh and it's a crazy scene it's pretty haunting it's a good scene yeah it's very good it's very good okay eric was the adaptation successful i'm gonna say yes i think if you if you came for the book you but you know you basically got it but but better yeah i would agree uh do you like the movie i think the answer is yes yeah i think this this movie is like you know good to great i think seeing the country these two like fringe young adults inhabit adds a lot of power that the book didn't have like mm-hmm. the cinematography here is really really good um i feel like you know what we talked about in like the nomadland episode you know you could just point your camera somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. in like the you know western of the eastern united states and there's something awe-inspiring or interesting yeah. um because it's not all landscapes it's it's like a lot of like decay or places that have been left behind by mm-hmm. the rest of the country like mm-hmm. i think um lee's great aunt's house in kentucky is like framed behind this giant nuclear power plant yeah yeah yeah. which is a pretty cool yeah pretty cool shot um we didn't really talk about this but like the book is set in the 90s this is set the movie is set during the reagan era united states 
Oh yeah, good point. Um, I about that. And there, I think there's like you know something to being an outsider during this time of like prosperity. It's interesting. I wonder why they behind. did that. Like if that, like to take it out of the social media era. Well then, I, I mean the book is pre that too. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe just like recently Reagan has become sort of a lightning rod of like after Reagan things in this country, like really start to split apart mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like inequality and you know, the right gets a little bit more extreme things like kind of society start to break apart mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe just setting it during that time is like, as things are accelerating, yeah, yeah. here are two people on the verge of becoming adults into the world. You now know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Okay. Um, Interesting. That's right. But I mean, there's, there's, I think there's like richness in the landscapes. Um, and a lot of ways this movie is kind of like a Gen Z version of Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. Um, but instead of, you know, Warren Beatty saying we rob banks, it's Timothy Chalamet saying we people, whatever. <laughs> uh, sort of a similar thing. Yeah. Oh. So I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, hot takes. Uh, I'll go first. We need to be more accepting of cannibals. I think, um, I think as a society today, we're like becoming more accepting of, lots of different people which i think is a great thing i think we need to take one more step and uh start to bring in the cannibals into society because we could i mean they could probably be used for good in in a weird kind of way like if there are any people that we need to get rid of in our society maybe you know if there's a mass shooter you know maybe the cannibals can eat him or you know we can you know use them to our advantage i think there's lots of possibilities what do you think like a sustainable way to kill people. It's just like have them be eaten. Right? Listen, why electrocute somebody? That's that's electricity. You know, that's yeah. Why waste energy? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what I'm hearing is LGBTQC. Yes. Okay. We're gonna trademark that. Got it. So. <laughs> uh, okay. My hot take is: it turns out the real eater all along was just capitalism. It's a society <laughs> that uh, chews you up and spits you out, and if you're not a part of it, it doesn't want you. Yeah. So you live on the fringes. Maybe that's why it's Reagan because it's like oh interesting eighties capitalist yeah the height of of like greed is good yeah interesting I like that yeah okay uh, book or movie I think it's pretty unanimous across the board movie movie yeah uh, and final thoughts what will we remember most I said the blood um, it's pretty it's pretty gross it's not like overpowering but it's not subtle either yeah especially the last scene. I think we should, we should probably say like for people interested in watching the movie, if you're worried about the cannibalism, there are like a couple of moments that are eyes closed. If you, yeah. if you like can't handle that kind of thing. Yeah. But overall the movie is pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, there's only like a few instances of like them eating people. It's like the first scene where she bites the finger. That's my memory. It's going to be when she like, chomps on yeah. the finger oh like i remember yeah because you, you squealed a little bit yeah well so <laughs> you the know it's like theater. you know it's coming you just don't know when the yeah, like yeah. cannibalism is gonna start yeah. you don't know just, how much you're gonna see yeah it's just it's very like unassuming scene where all these girls that she goes to high school with are talking about whatever they're talking about nail polish yeah yeah. she's yeah. like oh look at look at like my nail color and, and she like sticks like, her finger like close to her mouth and she just like yeah, yeah, yeah. chomps on it yeah uh and i was like oh <laughs> You run for it. Yeah. But, it, you know, yeah. It gets bloody at the end. And that's the you know, the big fight scene. Yeah, that's like the bloodiest scene. 
but i think yeah. if you're if you're worried i think you can probably handle it i could handle it and i was worried yeah i mean let's man up like this it's a movie it's all fake what <laughs> they didn't really eat people oh, okay. um cool uh so uh signing off here thank you for listening if you made it this far Check out our most recent episode on She Said, uh, and then keep an eye out for our next episode, which is going to be on White Noise. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Uh, any shout outs? Uh, to our LGBTQC plus listeners out there. Keep uh, keep eating what you're eating. Yep. We, we appreciate your support. Um, and uh, keep on keeping on. Yep. Thank you. <laughs>